Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Our test is in the stands! But if y'all waiting on me to apologize, hell gonna oh, freeze. Wait. <laughs> it's the points in the paint podcast, sponsored by Stadium. We're Stadium's number one number NBA one. podcast. And Zach, we're in the same room together. We are in the same room. Right next to each other. It don't get no better than that. This is pretty amazing. We got <laughs> a new webcam. Looking at us, we got the points in the paint logo behind us, so check Feeling us out. We'll be, good. what, YouTube? Uh, uh-huh. We'll be posting clips on Twitter at points in the paint. Yeah. So we're, we're going to be, you're going to be seeing our faces. We are live on location, folks. Yes. <laughs> you're going to be seeing our, our ugly, ugly faces, and you're going to know why we he were doing a podcast. For <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair point. That's a fair point. I don't think anyone wants to see this. I don't even want to see this. I'm looking at the screen that we have set up, and uh, it's a great excuse to not look at the screen for me because I don't want to see myself. I don't want to hear myself. It's, it's, it's just not a good look. But we're together. We are together. Same room. And this is where we recorded the podcast in, in the 2019, mm-hmm. 2020, until the pandemic it hit. It's, it's, it's where, the, where we all started. Shed a tear. <laughs> shed, a, shed an emotional tear. We are almost three years in, man. Two and a half years rocking out on the podcast, man. We're trying to give you know the people what they want. You know what I'm saying? Y'all want to see these lovely faces? Well, now you have them. You know what I'm saying? Don't forget. Look at that. Got the phone right here. All you got to <laughs> oh, do no, is dial call. voicemail line, 773-273-9088. You know what I'm saying? We want to hear from y'all throughout the, the threshold of these playoffs as we dive right into it, bro. You know yeah. Saying? We got the playoffs going on, and we got the conference semifinals happening right now, which is really exciting. We've got some really fun series going on. So we might as well get into it. Absolutely. We'll do one big thing. Just one thing. One thing. Mm. Our one big thing of the week, and I want to rewind to last week. All right. Because if we replay the tape Uh and see what I said, I didn't say the Phoenix Suns were going to win the NBA championship. I don't know if you jumped the gun there, though. You feel like you you jumped the gun. I don't really (sighs) think you did. Because at the end of the day, you got to look at it like this, Ben. Dallas Mavericks did what they supposed to do, right? Defend home court, right? You you know what I'm saying? You go go down 0-2. You got to come right back with it and try to win both games and not go down 3-1 going back to Phoenix. And they secured the bag. You know what I'm saying? They secured home court in their regard. You know what I'm saying? One of the two games they're supposed to win at home. And now, you know what I'm saying? We'll see what happens out of the best two out of three. Yeah, I'm I'm just a little worried because DeAndre Ayton, the guy who I specifically talked about being one of the big reasons the Phoenix Suns were going successful. to win, <laughs> he has been terrible this whole series, this whole second half of the series, I should say, sure. up to this point. And I thought Dallas was not going to be able to do anything to stop him. I thought he was going to be able to dominate down low. And it's been the exact opposite. Dallas has done a great job neutralizing him on defense. They're really not scared of him offensively at all. And he can't really do much on the offensive side for himself. It's bizarre. He's just dropped off. Well, that when Monty Williams, you know what I'm saying, adjustments come into play. And then, like you're going to mention later on in the show about Jay Kidd and what he's been able to do in terms of coaching the Mavericks. But with Monty, first and foremost, coach of the year. Let's get that out the way. Monty Williams, coach of the year. But – I do want to emphasize the fact that 
he has to adjust to kids' adjustments, right? So if he's going to go out and spread five guys out if you're Jason Kidd, you got to be able to counter that some form of fashion if you're Monty Williams with DeAndre Aiden out on the floor, you feel me? So, like, you have to put him in more pick-and-roll situations where you can get the mismatch, where you have a maybe a Brunson guarding him or even a Luka. My biggest thing, too, is you got to play reverse psychology a little bit, and you got to do things that your opponent is doing on you. And you hear the players kind of say it too throughout the course of the media with like the Dallas Mavericks with the Dallas Mavericks roster. Some of the players go out on a limb and they're going to say, "Yeah, we know that Chris Paul's up there in age, so we're going to make sure he plays a lot of defense, yeah. utilize those legs, so he doesn't have the same amount of energy that he would on a normal night on the offensive side of the ball." So when you have that that small little element right there where you can pick and choose a player who you want to attack on one side of the ball, so they're not as effective on the other side. That can go a long way, and it's been working so far in those last two games. It really has, and that's the whole thing is who's going to make the next adjustment because we've seen Jason Kidd, and I'm going to mention him later on for my dunk, which I absolutely hate doing, but ah. he's made the adjustments. He's yeah. done a good job, and is Monty Williams, coach of the year, going to make these adjustments on the way back? Devin Booker needs to hit his shots. Chris Paul can't have another single-digit points night. Well, he can't get fouled out either. That's yes. the big thing, too. Yes. Like He got fouled out. Like We never see Chris Paul no. get fouled out of a game. He had like four fouls, I think, in the second quarter alone. And when you go back, I went back and watched the game, at least a small sample size of the game. There's about three fouls out of the six fouls that you do get in the NBA. Chris Paul probably had like three real personal fouls, in my, yeah. in my opinion. All right, in all right. Opinion. Yeah, he's not getting the Scott Foster treatment. Yeah, still getting the fouls called. Yeah. So it, it was kind of rough. It was definitely rough. But I think Chris Paula bounced back, yeah. especially with what happened on Mother's Day with like his family. And yeah, that like was that. a thing. Like, I think he's going to yeah. really come out and really try to do his thing. So, so we, we hope CP3, that that 35-plus club, <laughs> come he's out He's got to show up. Yeah. That man's got to show up. And if Phoenix wants any chance to do anything, and if they want to actually make me look good and make my prediction look good – Chris Paul, please show up. They got to be out that next round. Yeah, they got to at least make the next round. You mentioned, too, though, uh, Mikael Bridges the other day. Like, you talked about Mikael Bridges the other day and how he kind of needs to step up on the offensive side of the ball. But I was kind of alluding to, well, it seems like certain players on these teams are picking one side of the ball any given game where they're going to, like, pick and choose to be more dominant on. You know what I'm saying? So, for Mikael, I feel like it's kind of been on the defensive side trying to limit a Brunson which I feel like they they kind of did a better job in those yeah. last two games. But we got an under-the-radar player for sure later on that, you know what I'm saying, he stepped up for the Mavericks, and I can't wait to talk about him. All right, what is your one big thing of the week? Oh, man, OBT and a place to be. Oh, man, you know I got to roll with all the awards for the year, including MVP. You know what I'm yes. saying? I know. Yes. Everybody knows that I'm rolling with Joel for you MVP, are. but he was not the winner. And can I say, Go I ahead. will say this, I – I would have been fine with Joel or Jokic winning it. And you know I was partial to Jokic winning it. But as the, what has it been, three weeks has gone on since we had that debate, argument, where you threw me in jail, I think it was, (laughs) after that, or maybe it was before that, I have softened on Joel Embiid being MVP. I I can see it more than I did before. Right. And especially, which it shouldn't matter, but especially with the way he's been playing in the playoffs Mm. and how he has been playing since coming back from concussion and really just terrorizing the Miami Heat defense. Right. You see why he should be, could be an MVP. Exactly. And Jokic had the regular season numbers. He had the regular season spectacular news coverage. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I see why he won it. Joel could have and maybe should have won it also. And this was maybe the year to give it to Joel because who knows, like, what next year is going to bring. Who knows, injury-wise, whatever it is. And Jokic had his last year. So, 
I, I, I'm still on the Jokic side, but I'm I'm inching closer, inching closer to that Joel Embiid side. Well, it's too late, but it's all good. It's, it's, it's a little too late. A little too late on that. I made my Jokic case, but again, I'm, I can see the Embiid side. I just want to see the votes now, though, at this point. Yeah, like, I want to see, too. like, how close was it? Because it can't be a scenario with, like, Although you watch Winning Time, yeah, but like, you know what I'm saying, yeah, every Magic like Johnson, I went and, you know, said fact check the Rookie of the Year odds <laughs> for Magic and Bird, and Magic, you know, said he really lost Rookie of the Year 63-3. to You know what I'm saying, so that put a little chip on his shoulder, and so yeah. I want the same scenario to kind of take place, because in that show, you know what I'm saying, Pat Riley, what he does is he tell him on the bench, like, before, like, they need a game-winning shot, like, you lost Rookie of the Year voting 63-3. to yeah, obviously, you know that pissed Magic Johnson off. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? I need that same energy tonight from Joel Embiid. <laughs> from Joel Embiid. I need somebody to tell him he, it wasn't even close. Like, I need somebody <laughs> to tell even I need somebody to lie to him, even if it was close. I need somebody to lie uh, to Joel Embiid and say that the MVP voting wasn't even close. But I just want to give some credit to you know what I'm saying, all the award winners. You yep. know what I'm saying? Monty Williams. Winning coach of the year, he didn't win it last year, but he's won it back to back years by his coaching, his head coaching peers. You know what I'm saying throughout the NBA, and so that's cool to see. I wanted to recognize that. Obviously, we touched on uh, Marcus Smart winning Defensive Player of the Year. I like that. You know what I'm saying? A guard winning Defensive Player yeah, of the Year. Ain't been you love like that. Nearly 20 years, Gary especially, especially in a league, Ben, where it's so guard driven. You hate to see a big man get Defensive Player of the Year year after year when they so-called say it's a guard-driven league. It's all about the guards now. And so yep. to see that unfold like that for Marcus Smart, even though I didn't like a few calls in that last game against the Bucks, when he <laughs> drew a couple charges on my boy. You feel me, Giannis? Yeah, but it's, yeah. all, good, no, it's all, right. all good. All right, you got one more, one big thing. This is more of a one big small thing. Yeah, it is, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of small a little bit, but it's like the league is global, folks, right? You know what I'm saying? We got a global league now in terms of the NBA and one of the things that they're going to do next season, being I don't know if you end up seeing this this morning, was that the Bucks and the Hawks are going to play not one, but two games overseas for the preseason in, like, uh, Dubai, yeah. I believe. It was, like, Abu Dubai. Yeah. So it's out there in the, in the Middle East. And so that's going to be the first time that ever happens. And for me, I just go – it just goes back to, like, you know what I'm saying, well, how do we get here, right? How did the NBA end up getting preseason games all the way overseas like that? And yeah. that just goes back to the marketing of David Stern – Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, and then fast forwarding to MJ himself. You know what I'm saying? Michael Mike Jordan, for yeah. sure. You know what I'm saying? Statues right beneath statue us. right beneath us, right? Yeah. And so, like, when we have all of that leading up to the 92 Dream Team and what that did, Barcelona and all that, you know what I'm saying? And then we got, you fast forward even, what, 20 years later, we've had, what, three international players win MVP yeah. in a row? Jokic's back-to-back. Then you got a... Uh, then you got Giannis. Then on top of that, you might even have Embiid winning next year. So that might be like it's a three players, so Man. four award winners, all international players. Don't forget Steve Nash, Canadian, oh, international, <laughs> early two thousands, started it all. Started my boy Stevie, oh my, international God. player, back to back, Canadian. I mean, if it's, the, it's if Canadian, it, it, but, I, but I feel that. But I just it's North America it still. Is. You feel it me? Is. So I look at it like yes. that. It's still North America. So. <laughs> Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's throw on some prison garb because it's prison time. Oh yeah, right to jail. And this is a this is a great candidate. So we're throwing someone in. Oh yeah, but to make room, we're gonna take someone out. Got it. It's getting stuff in there. It's, it's getting kind of stuffy in there. It's a lot of people in there. A lot of coaches. A lot of players. Yeah, there's a lot. You know, say some I'm teams. in there. I think still. <laughs> you might be still in there. You feel me? So you you got to clear some way. You know. What I'm saying? But first, 
we gotta throw somebody in before we can release somebody. All right, who you are we throwing saying? in? Dylan Brooks. Yeah, had to. Oh, I know. I know you agree too. You yeah, had. I know oh, you agree because yeah. it was too bad. He was out there throwing up bricks. Yeah, all white bricks, white tan bricks. <laughs> he hit a lick for about seventeen bricks. Okay, that's <laughs> he just how kept chucking. he just was chucking up the Made worst no shots, and it wasn't even about. For me, it's okay to have a. I'm not saying it's okay to have a cold night, but if you're gonna have a cold night. It's the moments in which you miss your shots, right? So like that. So like Dylan Brooks was missing poor shots, taking shots at the wrong time of the game, especially when the um, the Warriors went on that ten to two run at the end of the game, where he took like two or three ill-advised threes. Oh, that then was a, terrible. Move the ball, man. Like, what are you doing? Shooters shoot, but you can't shoot or shoot in that situation. That you're Dylan Brooks. Oh you're not. You're not Kobe. You're not LeBron. Do, you know. You don't have the history of making these shots. His form and how he shoots the ball too. Ugh. Like I hate it so much. Like when he shoots, it's like he's leave. It's like he's throwing the ball yeah. like one arm, like yeah. with one arm. So I really hate the. I hate everything about Dylan Brooks on offense. <laughs> Just offense, because I know he's going to be like ten, like a tenacious player on defense. He do got to stop hacking though, because he nearly got fouled out yeah. as well with like five fouls. So he definitely want to stop doing that too so well he uh, he couldn't buy a bucket he had a layup opportunity at the end of that game it swirled around and and just left <laughs> off uh, it's like the rim had a vendetta against him Can't he couldn't hit anything ocean. one of those things where it's like man you you have to recognize it's not your night stuff's not falling for you, you yeah. can't you can't you can't even layups oh my move goodness. the ball move the ball man <laughs> it, it doesn't make sense and then what's crazy too it's like that goes to how do you feel about this with taylor right coach taylor you feel like at some moments in this series he's just been getting out coached right yeah Do he, does he deserve a spot in prison time like does he deserve a spot uh, yet not feel, yet not yet because nah, he's I close like he's been getting like out coached in pivotal moments and there's a warrant series there's a warrant out for him right it's now it's like with my there you go there's a warrant there you go or not we haven't caught him yet we ain't caught him <laughs> yet still... but if he don't get his stuff together <laughs> yeah. we gonna find buddy down there in memphis for sure somewhere <laughs> we gonna have to go get buddy put them cuffs on because yeah. it's definitely been bad but i want him to Put Jaron Jackson in the post. Like, utilize yeah. his size, utilize Adam's size, because you know, and y'all know, that lineup, that death lineup with the Warriors, with Day Day, with Wiggins, mm-hmm. Poole, Clay, and Steph, bro, I don't like it. I no. hate it. No, I just hate how successful it is. Oh, yeah, it's too it's, successful it's really me. good. And you would, when a coach in their team gives up a lead like that, where they should have won, held the lead most of the game, and they didn't make any adjustments. They didn't. He didn't take Dylan Brooks aside and go, "Stop shooting, shooting the damn ball." You didn't do any of that. And they extra lost. pass. Like, there's a nicer way you can go about it. You could th- make sure we get that extra pass. <laughs> yeah, like, right. You know what I'm saying? There's, 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 there's plenty of ways to go about it where you're not like coming down on the player. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Too aggrieved. So they got to do a better job. I hope they do a better job because I want this to at least go six. So we're taking, we're, we're throwing Dylan Brooks in yeah. to make room. We have to take someone out. We do, but. He's going to be, what did you say, he's going to be on bond? He he's, out on bond. He's on bond. Yeah, he he's out gonna, on bond for all right, sure. All right. <laughs> so who, who is this? James Harden, he for sure out on bond. Oh, boy. You know what I'm saying? He, he paid his little bond money, you know what I'm saying, he out right now because he did a good job. Yeah, he did a good he job did. in that last game, that game four against the Miami Heat. You know what I'm saying? Representing for Philly at the crib, 31 points, like nine assists, like seven boards. He did have like six, seven turnovers too, which is way too many in a playoff game. But he showed up six of ten from the three-point line. Being yeah. He was shooting lights out. He, he was came to play. And I don't know how you feel about it, but it's just like it's about time, right? Yeah. It's about time. We were waiting. We were just sitting there waiting for James Harden to do something. 
and he he wasn't doing it, and I was ecstatic because I love making fun of James Harden. No, That's you know, one me, of my you know favorite things too. of all time. Yeah, you know I do. too. You love it. This is an anti-James Harden podcast, <laughs> so whenever he doesn't do well and we get to make fun of him, Every it's time. it's the best. Yeah. And so this was a great playoff because he wasn't doing anything. Embiid was out. It was his time to shine, and he didn't show up. You and thought he, he didn't would. show up with the spotlight on him. And now he finally comes out. He scores over 30 points. He yep. hits the big shots. He does everything we've seen James Harden do in the past five, six years. Yep. All right. We'll, we'll give him some time out. We, you released on bond. If he does anything wrong again, we're going. <laughs> we're taking you back. He got to come at least 20. If he got to come with at least like 20, 25 tonight with he a does. double double. Yeah, he, that's he's, what he's I need do something. Sure. He got to get a double double this time around. And I want to just add too, like 15 straight games with fewer than 25 points. Ooh. He went 15 straight games without scoring at least 25. Yeah, it's not James good. Harden, the quote unquote prolific scorer that's supposed to be in this league, y'all, only had it went 15 straight games without scoring 25 points. Oh it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's pretty. So you gotta do better. We had to throw him in there, had him get him out for the time being, yeah. just for the time being, though, being. Just yeah, Harden. He you just can't <laughs> leave the country. Harden needs to stay in yeah, there, you know, stay where he is. Risk. There you go. Yeah, he's a flight <laughs> risk. There you go. Stay, stay where you are, James. All right, so let's do let's play a little dunker tonight. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned it earlier. I have to dunk with Jason Kidd's adjustments. There you go. I'm not gonna dunk he with Jason. He ain't wanna Kidd. do that, y'all. He ain't wanna do that. I can't do. I can't dunk with Jason Kidd. <laughs> He's too bad of a person. I don't like him. I don't like him. The stories you've heard about him, allegations, not good. But his coaching in this series, mm-hmm. okay. We'll talk about the coaching. All right. I'll talk. I'll talk a little bit about the coaching because the Mavericks have done a really good job adjusting. Yeah. Their adjustments have been good, and I've been surprised that they've been able to actually make this a series so far. Because coming out of the first two games in Phoenix, you're thinking they're done. I was thinking they're done. I'm thinking they're not going to be able to control Aiton. They're not going to do anything offensively. And then Dorian Finney-Smith happens. Reggie Bullock happens. They're hitting threes from everywhere. Max Kleber. Max, yeah, Max Kleber's been doing stuff. So it's just been – it's impressive what they've been able to do and adjust and just really force Phoenix to cover the perimeter. Definitely. You just emphasized that last word right there, cover the perimeter, because they've out – They listen, Jason Kidd is spreading them out, five guys. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And somebody's going to dribble drive. We get into that paint area. We're going to look to kick no matter who it is. Like you said, Jalen Brunson, Finney Smith, yeah. you know what I'm saying? No matter who it is out there that's going to be for the Mavericks. You know what I'm saying? Dwight Powell, he's maybe not stretching the floor, but putting in that pick and roll situation, he's going to be able to, you know what I'm saying, drop off, roll to the rim, catch the ball, and maybe look to kick out kick out for a three on the baseline or however they want to do it. Yeah. And so when you have that element, and like we talked about, DeAndre Aiden being a more inside five, it makes him, it may, it puts him in a difficult situation like it was the last series with the Mavericks, Rudy Gobert. I don't think he's been as bad as Rudy Gobert, no. DeAndre Aiden defensively in this series. No, he hasn't. But he has had those moments where he's been out of position and the Mavericks have been able to capitalize. Yeah. It's, I mean, he's still young, you know, 24, I think, 24. DeAndre Ayton, so he's still, you know, he's still learning playoff basketball no, in thanks. a way. So uh, you give him a little bit of room, and he's not going out and saying I can defend Shaq and lock him down like Rudy Gobert is. Clown. We we should have threw Rudy. Clown of the week. We should have threw. <laughs> we should have threw Rudy Gobert in solitary confinement. <laughs> we should have threw him in solitary confinement. We for need that, that. We need a new segment like Clown of the Week or something. <laughs> Definitely. It's just Rudy Gobert every single week because he doing he's saying something clownish or doing something clownish every single week. The bees. He is. We can't, we can't forget about them beast things. Oh, the the yeah. day of the game, yeah, day things. of the game, got a half a swollen eye looking crazy. <laughs> Nobody got time. COVID, <laughs> spreading it around the mics. Clown. Clown <laughs> activity. Uh, you are dunking with – we have a new coach. I don't know if we even have a sounder for this, like a siren, but new coach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, 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 wow. So, no, nah, 
I'm happy for Mike Brown getting another head, uh, head coaching opportunity. You know what I'm saying? With yeah, good for him. Kings, you know what I'm saying? That, that coaching spot was vacant. It didn't look like too many people want that job, you know what I'm saying? Because the Sacramento Kings, they made the postseason in nearly like 20 years. And almost. now he's 1-0 in the playoffs this year. Yeah, he 1-0 in the playoffs yeah. because of Steve Kerr was out he's with COVID. It. So, yeah. yeah, it all works out. But what's going to happen with the other candidate for that position and Mark Jackson? And I'm going to throw this at you, Ben. I'm going to throw this at y'all, too. What do you think of the idea of Mark Jackson coaching in L.A., coaching the Lakers? What do you think of that idea? Because – I kind of want it to happen. I feel like that's a coach that can put Anthony Davis on the block where he belongs. What you think? I don't know. I'm not a fan of Mark Jackson, mm. and I've never been a fan of Mark Jackson. I don't, I don't know why. And, and I think you see – it's what's stuck in my mind, and I know you probably shouldn't blame him all for this, but the Warriors were fine when he was their coach. He definitely – hold on. Oh, you finna say something dangerous. He was go okay. Ahead. He go was ahead. fine. He leaves – New coach, and I get, like, Steph's a year older. He gets placed in a new oh, system. Yeah, I, I'm, he gets I'm a, better. I'm going to help you out with this one. But I'm not I'm not a Mark Jackson fan. I I'm not you. I'm not a fan of him announcing. I I just I don't what? think Mama, he, there goes that man. Don't don't, don't don't be don't I'm be okay like with that. that. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with the catchphrases. I'm fine with the catchphrases. Analysis, yeah. That's this crazy. fine. I've seen better. Uh, who, I've seen from better. who? From who? Honestly, I've seen better from Charles Barkley. <laughs> Uh, not, but see, he ain't a. You got to give me a color person though, like a person that's you know what I'm saying, that's on the a color. color com- well, yeah, color Doris commentator. Burke, um, oh. Hubie Brown, really like Hubie Brown. I like Doris and Hubie a lot. Um, Van Gundy, clown. Hubie, uh, Hubie on a Sunday is cool. Yeah, only on a Sunday because I can't get him on a Friday night. I can't get with Hubie night? on a Friday. I don't need. I need Hubie on a Sunday afternoon. I need Hubie <laughs> on a Sunday afternoon. Not a Friday night, though. You got to give me Mark Jackson and, Jay, and uh, Jeff for sure. sure. I need Jeff on a Friday. I need Mark and Jeff on a Friday every time for the color commentary. Uh, I'll throw Sarah Kustak's name out there, too. I like okay. Sarah Kustak with the, okay. with the Brooklyn Nets. I just think they're better. They're better color analysts out there i feel like and and i never it's not like i don't enjoy listening to mark jackson because him and van gundy bickering back and forth is great love that but i just i don't know man i don't know he's been out of the league what 10 years 11 years nine years like nine so kind of blackballed in a sense what it's what it feels like yeah, that's what it feels not, yeah not what, it's, what it looks like but what it feels like and now you can see that Mark Jackson, head coach, Golden State Warriors. What did he say that everybody laughed at? What did he say, Ben? He said he had the best backcourt that the NBA ever seen, and everybody laughed at him. And he implemented it, and they started tearing it up in the league. They started getting more and more successful year after year until the last year they fire him, and then his successor, Steve Kerr, just gets to jump right in with what Mark Jackson was already a building and establishing in terms of a f- dynasty and franchise, he was already elevating it. Steve Kerr just took it, ran with it, took it to another level. Sure. You know what I'm saying? One of the things that I do always, like the small detail in that roster that I always emphasize is that one thing I'll give Steve Kerr credit for with the Warriors is that what he did do that Mark Jackson didn't necessarily do was implement Draymond Green into the star and lineup. Like, remember, David Lee, everybody always forgets this. David Lee. David That's Lee guy's name. was an all-star for the Golden State Warriors at that time. And he went down, and Draymond Green was able to jump into the lineup and never look back. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it was all circumstances. It was all situations in terms of Mark Jackson being let go and Steve Kerr jumping on board and making this team what it is and what, how we see it today. Yeah, I, I mean, I could, I could get behind him coaching in L.A., I guess. I just feel like... Bron AD. There's so many. If if Bron and AD want him, 
and he's gonna let them do their thing, and they're not gonna have Russ. Because who would you sure. put over there, like coaching wise, like right now? Like I, I would, I, I wouldn't Vogel want. Was fine for him. I really did. I wouldn't so want to see my thing too, though. I wouldn't want a first year head coach. No, no, 100%. I wouldn't want a first year head coach over there in LA. That's my biggest thing too. So you're gonna want someone with experience. So like, I like the idea too, though, with Mike Brown. As you know, say we get back yeah. on that with the, with my boy Mike. You know what I'm saying? The biggest thing with him was that in Cleveland, his first five years, he had like a winning percentage of like sixty percent. You know, so he knows yeah. how to take a team that was at the bottom of the barrel and kind of put them in a better position. Now, yeah. granted, he did have LBJ. He had Brian Brian, too. He had Brian. But if they can get a, a solid pick in Sacramento for, like, next three to four years and you got some bonus in De'Aaron Fox, like, you can make something happen with that a little yeah. bit. Yeah. All right. I, let's go to deny. Uh-oh. I'm going to deny the Miami Heat offense. Mm. I, don't, I have a message I for I told you, though. Put Duncan Robinson in when you need points. You know, Kimmer said that too like yesterday. He, yeah, he asked that. He asked that question. He Where proposed he? that. He proposed that question. He said, "Why hasn't Duncan Robinson been playing?" It doesn't make any sense. And I get they think Max Truce is Duncan Robinson with defense. And I, I that's that's funny you say that because I told that to Kimmer. That's yeah. what I said. I said I think what they're going with is the idea that. With Struce, you're going to get a little more defense yeah. and the three point shooting that you're going to get with Duncan Robinson, which. Was true maybe in game one, one game two. two, yeah. But when you need offense, which the Miami Heat do, because I'm denying the Miami Heat's offense because they're inconsistent. Facts. They In the last two games, they have the worst offensive rating in the playoffs. Mm. They play some of the worst offense. Their defense isn't that great either, to be honest. But their offense is just inconsistent. You can't rely on Jimmy Butler every single game to score 40 points. Yeah, you're right. You have to have an outside shot. You need Bam to play better offensively. That's true. It, it's it, it Put Duncan in. He spreads the floor. He'll hit two or three threes that could help jumpstart the offense. He spreads out the defense. It makes no sense to me why he's not in. And your defense is good enough, too, where you could probably let him play and the defense of four other guys could kind of band-aid him where he's not affecting it too much. That's true. So put Duncan in. I it's just so tough, like because like like we you know so like we talked about with Strews, you know, so he has more size. He does, but he hasn't really been. You go look at the box score; he really hasn't been consistent either, though. Being no. in terms of shooting the ball, you know, I think the last game he only went like one for six when they were in Philly, yeah. and so like you kind of do want to try something new. And then what's funny is, look who we talking to. about. We talking about Spo. Come on, Spo. Yeah. Spoelstra, we know we put him in the top. He top two and probably not two in terms of, you know what I'm saying, coaching adjustments and everything like that. And then look, I know we like, I know folks, I ain't going to say me, I ain't going to say we, but I know folks like to get on Doc Rivers yes. and his coaching ability. But so far, he's put this team back in position and he's kind of outcoached Spo a little bit these last two games. I don't know if that's the help. That's probably the help with having Joel Embiid. It makes your coaching job a little more easier when you got an MVP finalist coming yeah, back from injury. That help. makes it a little easier. But, yeah, no, I'm with you for sure. I've been told you, though, Miami Heat offense has always been rocky all season. Yeah. And they're not going to have Kyle Lowry, it looks like, maybe the rest of the series. Not just the next yeah. game, but rest of the series. And so that could be a huge blow, too, for the offense. That's always been their problem. They, they can play defense with the best of them. But when they need to score – they can't struggle sometimes. Bus. They I, look terrible. Listen, y'all be calling Jimmy Jimmy Buckets. I don't be calling him that. I ain't they ain't getting that for me. You don't get that name tag for me. <laughs> I'm just saying. Anti Harden, anti Butler. This is the podcast. I I would agree. I agree on both. I'm fine with that. Uh, you're denying or you're dunking with something else too. Sixers. Yeah, they're gonna win this series. Okay, I think so. Sixers I think they're gonna, gonna win, win the series. series. Yeah, I think they I think they win the game in Miami. Hmm. I think because I'm really. 
I really believe James Harden woke up in that last game. Interesting. You know what I'm saying? We just saw him go 15 straight games without scoring 25 being. So, like, he, I feel like he finally woke up. Now, do he take that fresh good game that he just had and go to South Beach and party off of it? He might do that, might come back in the next game and struggle. Well, Who he's going knows? to the strip club, not partying. He's going to go right to the strip club. Well, he's going to party in the, in the strip club. Man, whether You know what I'm saying? Get that jersey hung out. All of that. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely coming like that. Club live, wherever he going. You know what I'm saying? He, Ocean Drive, wherever wherever he want to be at, that's where Harden going to have a party. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Life going to be living lavish and all that good, all that good stuff. So. Uh, and then you're denying this. This is important. And we it mentioned, is important. We mentioned it a couple times definitely in the podcast. Important. So what, what are you denying? So I'm going to deny the lack of coverage in the WNBA. I personally don't like it. You know what I'm saying? WNBA was back as of last week. Had two good games. You know what I'm saying? Our our former uh, NBA colleague, if you will, Becky Hammond, she in the WNBA. She holding it down. Got her first, not two, I think three dubs in a row. You know what I'm saying? That's very important. Yeah. It's very important to talk about. And, you know what I'm saying, her becoming a head coach over there when she probably should have been a head coach in the NBA. You know so that's another topic for another day. Yeah, but true. it's just so many. The game of the WNBA is growing. So much, right? At least over the course of the last, to me, the last five years alone, the game of the WNBA has grown. So I feel like the coverage needs to grow. And so I want to say, you know, saying throughout the course of the summer, you're going to hear from us every once in a while with the WNBA and what's going on in that league because, you know what I'm saying, it's still all basketball all the time. So basketball it ain't like all the time. Gonna, it ain't like y'all going to be losing out on any basketball content or any basketball information, you feel nah. me, because we're going to be dropping that news for you. You know what I'm saying? We got the Chicago Sky right here in our backyard. You feel me? Catch a couple games. Candace Parker, CP3, doing her thing. Now, I was sick they lost the game. She going back to L.A., well, playing against her former team for the first time since you know since she had left, mm-hmm. and so that was tough. I wanted to see her get that dub, but so many great WNBA players in the league, bro. Dewana Bonner, uh, Courtney Vandersloot, yeah. like there's just so many. Allie Quigley, you know, so she go she go knock down the trade ball yeah. every time, and so you gotta get some more love out there, man. You gotta get you a favorite team too. Yeah, well, Sky, uh, <laughs> big Sky fan. You gotta root for the hometown team. You have to. Big Chicago Sky fan. Yeah, no, 100%. I, I, we'll, we'll be talking more about the WNBA because uh, the season's going to be going on all summer long, so yeah. we might as well give them a little love, especially once the NBA put playoffs. Put some dollars on it, too, because yeah. I definitely put some dollars on it today. Listen, can, I picked the Indiana Fever to cover today. Check out that, check out that spread. It, uh, it doesn't get me much to get me to bet on Sprigo some of these. There you go. Yeah, and then, look, see, much. the biggest thing, too, people, what you got to take away, too, sports betting, right? So watch your money. You can watch the WNBA you watch the money. game. Yeah. You can watch, you watch your true. money. So that's how you got. That's how y'all look at it. That's a good point. Well, you bet on it. You're gonna watch it, and it's gonna be fun. It's that's, basketball. It's gonna be go. great. Uh, flying under the radar. <laughs> a semi new segment. It's about a month in of a new segment. Yeah. DFS. Dorian Finney Smith. Mm, talk about it. I don't even know if he's under the radar anymore because he's been uh, talked about so much, but the man <laughs> is unbelievable for the Dallas Mavericks. Probably single handedly won game four for them and helped them out in game three the man has been tremendous from downtown he, he is i thought i saw a stat he improved his three-point percentage yeah, like nine that. points mm. nine mm. percentage points since like five or six years ago and the man yeah. has been shooting 44 percent in the playoffs some some ridiculous number he has been huge for what the mavericks have been doing against the suns if you're looking for a prototypical three and d guy the guys that they label as three-point shooter Defensive-oriented, defensive-minded guy. We're talking Finney Smith, Jay Crowder, 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. To take it, to take it real back, to take it way back. Bruce Bowen. Bruce Bowen. You know what I'm saying? Cats what a like, name. You know what I'm saying? Cats like that. But with DFS, bro, Dorian Finney-Smith, he jumped the Mavericks in terms of like the roster. He jumped uh, Jerry Stackhouse and like Nick Van Axel for playoff threes on the team. And Insane. then look, what's so crazy, Ben, he took 12, I think he took 12 or 13 shots. All of them were threes. He made eight of them. That's like the most threes ever made without shooting a two-pointer. That's insane. Without shooting a two-point yeah. shot, being like, that's fun. It, to me, it's hilarious. Like, so we just not even. Analytics one. hate him. <laughs> yeah, like we just never stepping a foot in. Like, we not even. Nah. Pump fake, dry, mid-range. None just of threes. That. All, all threes, threes all the time. <laughs> like, it's unbelievable what he's been able to do, and he's been a huge asset to the to the Mavs. And, you know, if you watch basketball more than regularly, you're probably going to know who Dorian Finney-Smith yeah. is. But a lot of people don't, and he's someone who has been a big contributor to the Mavs. Yep. And so we'll, we'll shout him out. We'll put him on the flying under the radar segment. Mm-hmm. All right, to end it out, Zach. Uh oh. Play the week. Play. You're over five hundred. I Four, am fourteen and two. Mm, fourteen and two. Two games over five hundred. We doing yep. our thing. You feel me? I'm loving that. You're feeling good. Definitely feeling good. That's what you want. And I wanted everybody to. I kept emphasizing, and I made sure I kept reposting. Take the Sixers. Game three. <laughs> Please. They're going to win. Everybody was so concerned being about whether or not Joel Embiid was going to play. And I'm just like, he's going to play. It's the Man, playoffs. Would yeah. you, like, be honest with That's yourself. True. Did you not think he was going to play? Uh, no, I would I would have been more surprised if he did not play you feel game me? three. Because like, yeah. you already had the first two games off. And then you had a little couple more days of rest. Get mm-hmm. back. And you didn't you didn't go on the trip with them to Miami for game one and two. And so to right. come back, game three, full form, like 18 points, like with a double-double, get the dub, then come back, get another dub. Oof. They might mess around and win four in a row. That's yeah, how I'm feeling. That's, that's what I hope, Ooh. at least. But in order to do that, yep. they got to win either game. They got to win game. So this is how we're going to do it. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take two games. Ooh. Hang out the shades, but huh. I'm going to take two well, games. parlay player action. Parlay player action real quick. Just hike this. Because I want to go out west with it, too. Because I want to take Phoenix game six because it has to at least go to game six, right? Mm -hmm. So I want to take them, Phoenix, money line. That's probably going to be a little juicy, right? A little juice. So we got to bring that juice down a little bit. And in order to do that, right, in order to do that, we got to keep it and go out east. And so I got to go with the Sixers to win game six, either on the closeout tip or to force a game seven. Same thing with the Phoenix Suns. Wow. Win game six to either force a game seven or to close out the series. So we're parlaying Suns 76ers game six. Yes. A little seduced by the juice. Seduced action. by the juice. If you listen live on the line, you know them shoulders be the doing their thing. You know what I mean? Seduced by the juice. So that's what we're going to roll with, man. Man, I like Devin Booker to close it out game six, and I like the 76ers to win game six as well. Look at that. All right. Well, you're 14-12. So you're two games over 500. Trying to make, let's it, make three. it three. Yeah, let's make to, it three. Trying to make it three and two in a row. Let's get a little streak going. Trying to go streaking a little bit. You yeah. know, as so the season come to an end. It, if you win this parlay, is it count as one win or is it two wins? It'll be one win. Stay humble. You I stay respect humble. it. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Stay, <laughs> stay humble. humble. You know what I'm yeah. saying? A little humble brag if it comes out on top. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? At least we hope. So that's going to conclude 
this edition of the Points in the Pain podcast presented by Stadium. I'm Zach B. You know who that is. That's Ben Wittenstein, man. We live on location right here in the office and studio, you know what I'm saying, holding it down. So you want to make sure you continue to listen and follow Points in the Pain podcast. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. First and foremost, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. We dropping our videos and clips, of course, on Instagram as well. So you don't want to miss none of that. What's nope. that phone number? Eight four. What is the what is the phone number? I was gonna say eight four seven, but it's not eight four seven. It is seven seven three two seven three. 9088 773-273-9088 we, we want to hear from them that's yeah, all leave us a message we just want to hear from y'all that's we want to say argue with us argue with us you don't agree with us let us know yeah, you feel me that's call all, us names that's all we want 100% that's all we want and then you know ITA inside the association Shams Cam, yep. Pat Garrity, oh, they're running the three-man weave. They just had a special guest this week with Antoine Walker, so you don't want to miss that on Stadium. And then you know you and your boy Nate, y'all dropping them betting tips. Yeah. All them betting tips. Yeah, Nate's got that golf stuff going on. So you Yeah, I don't know nothing about no golf, no. except Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson <laughs> and maybe Roy McIntyre. I know a couple. Like, I know a couple you know cats. Few. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So you don't want to miss all your betting tips from Sharp Lessons, the podcast dropping every week with Ben and Nate Jacobson. And, of course, in, it, what, what is it? It's Sharp uh, Lessons. It's Sharp Lessons. But then my boy Michael Felder got what? What does he have? Oh, yeah. I mean, he does – the thing with Felder, and I love it for him, he does the Hand in the Dirt podcast. So I want to plug that because he's great to our podcast. He does the Hand in the Dirt podcast. Um, but then he obviously does one with us, as we should know. Uh, Tape Don't Lie, which Tape is lie. a great podcast, and I think All everyone should football. go listen to it. All mm-hmm. Things Football. He goes, he talks to quarterbacks, wide receivers, D linemen, O linemen, defensive backs, whoever it is that he feels like talking to, goes through like analysis, strategy. It's so and deep. Yeah, it's, 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 you get a deep dive. Into all things football with Michael Felder, man. So Always good. Do not want to miss that. And you said hand in the dirt podcast. Hand in the dirt. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, talking about football, but also talking about gardening. Big gardening podcast, and we all know Felder loves gardening, so he gives out those gardening <laughs> tips. It's a great <laughs> podcast that melds the two together. I well, love it. Well, you here from us next week. Get your gardening up because you know what I'm saying? <laughs> April, April showers get you May flowers, so you here from us next week. <laughs>